Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are serving you curbside delivery. You just order on your Giant Eagle app, roll down the window, and they bring the food right out to you. I'm joined, of course, from spectacular Hendersonville, Tennessee, (laughs) by Ramon Foster. Where it's hot, okay? How hot? It is super hot. Uh, My car said 103 for a little bit today. I know, and maybe that's just direct heat, but uh, my watch right now says 89, but it's got to be filling. It's, it's been high like all day. Yeah, see, actually, we had a really nice little cool day here for some strange reason. It's actually really, really comfortable. Um, <laughs> Listen, to Maybe that. it's because I spent half of it in an ice rink, which leads me to my first uh, thing that I wanted to bring up with you, which is being around the, the well, as much as we're allowed to be around <laughs> the mm-hmm. Penguins and the Pirates over the past week, as I have. Ramon, there's been a, um, a joy around. <laughs> like, I was expecting – I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, it's, it's a pandemic. It's all unprecedented. But <laughs> they, are, they are enjoying themselves. They are yeah. big smiles. And I think it's something that maybe people who aren't athletes, who aren't professional athletes at a high level – uh, as as you've been, might not understand. But Sidney Crosby was talking specifically uh, yesterday about that how they had to practice. The Penguins had to practice in these small groups. Yeah. And then finally on Monday they were all out on the ice together and they were hitting each other and they were shoving and pushing and competing. Yeah. And he said, he said that meant everything. And it does. That's what I want to hear from you here because that 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 threw me. It, it does, man. Just being back around the guys is huge. Uh, I was actually on the NBA account the other day, and I saw some guys from, uh, who was it, Dallas. Who plays in Dallas? I was trying to accurately find it a second ago, but uh, it was two of their players. They, it was after practice, done. And you can tell they were done for the day. They were just in there playing around, working on moves. And you can tell they were just excited to be working with each other and just – being around and I know it's a whole bunch of stuff in the air about what's what's going to happen moving forward or how it's going to be received but that's what I meant by like some of my write-ups like being around the guys is it's hard to walk away from that okay it's, it's hard to replace it you can be the the biggest elite athlete in the world you the university of you the the uh, the CEO of 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 me enterprises, but when you get around either the competition the competition side or your teammates, it's oh that's why guys have handshakes and and you see them just smiling like it's kids like it's a kids game but it's a business and in that you really there's a lot of joy out of it you know that's that's why you always hear people say um, the game is for free. 
Like I, I get paid for practice. Like going through the, the, the exit because that's that's truly how it is. Like it's for free. Like to be in that element. It, it it gives me it gives me chills thinking about that, man. No, I can tell. I, I, it's it it's funny that um, I asked at different in different ways both Derek Shelton, the manager of the Pirates, and Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Penguins, if they had to push their guys back into uh, situations where whether it's just tagging a base runner or or you know bumping into a goaltender or whatever it is, and they were like, no. Um, yeah, they're just wired that way. This is the default. The other thing was the abnormal. And yeah. when I saw, I'm going to give you an example here. There was a, it's just a silly little scrimmage goal uh, <laughs> that John Marino from the Penguins scored. But if Genny Malkin comes in to high five him, and he, you can tell for a split second he like ah! hesitates, like he's just like this, and then. And then he just gives it, and then they, and then Jake Gensel jumps in, and they all jump in, and it was like, this was normal, this was good. Now, now being being real here too, and this is some of the stuff that Cam Hayward talked about and expressed concern as it relates to you know excessive practices as a, a unnecessary risk like preseason games. Um, everybody's completely tested, completely yeah. clean before they enter this environment. So they yeah. don't have to wonder. They don't have to worry. But when you're now mixing in with other teams and everything else, yeah. we're going to have a whole different discussion. And, and personnel and stuff like that. I, I'm sure you saw it too, the, the uh, NBA player who was uh, ordering food outside of the bubble. Yep, and got busted. <laughs> and got busted and had to be sent into a 10-day quarantine. 10 days. So, so it is that aspect of it where you're trying to protect what everybody loved playing and what the fans want to see also. So just the, playing that fine line of, okay, do I go here? Do I not do that? Do I even order food is one of those things that uh, we got we to gotta tread real, real light uh, moving forward. Well, you know, the guys that, that, that have to go through this because it can be taken away <laughs> really fast, you know, especially if it spreads. But you wrote about this part in your column about the the athletes want to be participating they yeah. want to partake um and you're you know there's a handful of opt-outs we've seen this in uh, across sports yeah uh, almost all of them have come with some very legitimate uh, unquestionable uh, family reasons and, and and issues like that but for the most part you're just seeing them come back here yeah. i'm here I'm here. I got to be around my guys. It's exactly. I've, I've talked to some younger guys, and that's kind of what their mindset has been, too. It's like, let me just show what I've gotten. Or, you know, guys coming off of injuries, like, I just want to get back out there to see. You know, it's, it's, it's so it's, – it's a lot of anticipation, and there's a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, worry, too, because you got to play one side against the other, and which one is more important to you. And the opt-out situations, man, it's going to be uh, – it may be sticky a little bit for some people to understand, but if we are a uh, sympathetic crowd to, to what we want to enjoy, that's sports, um, then, hey, let that guy pass for a little while, and we'll see what happens moving forward. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You mentioned the NBA guy leaving the bubble. And it, it reminds me of something that I've, I've said about the teams that are not yet in bubbles. And to an extent, even the ones that are in bubbles are going to hear it. They're hearing it already. Uh, Jim Rutherford from the Penguins said the other day, our players are already sick of hearing me tell them what they can and can't do. Uh, they can't go out into Butler County establishments because Allegheny County establishments <laughs> are closed, which means everybody's coming up to Butler County, which is where the Penguins practice in order to get their, you know, to do their drinking or whatever. Uh, There's a whole list of everything, 106 pages, Major League Baseball booklet. You know nobody's reading that. (laughs) However, I have been arguing that the only way that this stuff will get enforced and get truly enforced is from within, meaning players telling other players, you'll be letting us down. Am I wrong about this? I think a hundred percent. And you and you know what? There may be a, a a wave of like outbreaks across you know some teams, and one team may get shut down. I think if we don't find a a, a solution to it, a vaccine or a remedy to be able to control it more, I think having that happen to where you might have a vet guy who's a Philip Rivers, a Ben Roethlisberger, a, a, a Tom Brady, who's gonna say, hey. If we don't get this together, the, the season is going to get shut down because one or two cities or one or two guys. And it's just like anything else that's happening, you know, and, and on the college campus. Guys skipping class or, you know, just small mischievous things that, yeah, well, I won't get caught type of situations. Mm-hmm. And it's going to happen to where one or two guys or one or two teams shut down the entire operation. And that's when it's going to get real serious where guys have to really buckle in. And I think that's kind of what we're going through a little bit here in Tennessee to where our numbers are kind of jumping up a little bit. And we're probably going to retract back to phase one if we don't get this under control. Sometimes you just got to touch the hot stove to see how how hot it is. And um, that's where I can see it. It's got to be – self-imposed and God's got to see the reality of it well not everyone does that so take me into the Steelers room and it's you know the opening day of camp and you know and I know that 99% of all of the discussion is going to be safety this safety that yeah um, here's where you can go in Heinz Field here's where you can here's what you can do who are the players in that room that take charge because you know again some random person in a white coat comes in and starts telling everybody everything. Half are going to be tuning in. Half are going to be tuning out. Uh, yeah. who, who, who's in the room going to take charge of that? Coach Tomlin. And I, I think you kind of sit on the front end. I knew you were going to do that. I'm leading you to a player, and I'm leading you to a player, and you take me to the head coach. So. I, I can go. I say Coach Tomlin. And I think as serious as it can get, I'm not sure what the structures of the, the tiers where they're separating players, ownership, and, and, and staff, but I can see Mr. Rooney coming in speaking on it. I can see Kevin Colbert saying something about it. And the, the, one of the main people that kind of, you know, will probably drop the hammer 
and saying, you know, if we don't get this together, then it's, I, I would probably allude to either Marquise or uh, Cam. And that would be backed by a guy like Ben 100%. Yeah, I mean it's and, and it's it's probably going to take all of those because once you get to the camp setting, uh, there's really not that much mixing into small groups. Um, oh. I, mean, I mean, there's separate. There's going to be separate dressing areas as we've talked about. But once you're on the mm-hmm. field, there's going to be. I guess depending on you know whatever the number ends up being, either ninety or eighty, probably ends up being eighty. Yeah, and, and a lot of coaches. And one football field? Yeah, that you can barely split up. Um, no, how how you do that? Actually, where do you send the kickers? At least in Latrobe, <laughs> you got to send them down to that far field by the by the steeple. <laughs> like, I, I can see them. You're right, right there. They're lone rangers over there. Right. I can I honestly see them going across the field laterally. More than anything, I can because you, I, I'm I'm not sure if you've seen it. Uh, the field unstriped, but it's actually really wide. It's probably about 75, 70 yards wide. I would think yeah, it can and handle. Think, it was it was designed to handle international soccer if needed. Yeah. Okay. So so that's what I see them doing more than like I guess maybe having a a, a twelve foot gap in between <laughs> each section and stuff. That's the only way I see it working as far as trying to get guys. Um, get all those guys on the field and not be intermingled. And I think, well, they'll have, they have to have GPS tracking. Let's say if one guy does get the virus, and I, right now there's so much technology on the field, we have trackers on this anyway. So I guess they can see if, let's say, pod number one in the back of your shoulder pad see you around pod 72, and pod 72 then went to pod 17, then you grab all those guys and quarantine them. But it's, it's just going to be – it's different, you know, and I spoke about missing Latrobe. I didn't know I spoke about having guys not being around each other. Like, yeah. that. that's going to be a huge difference to where you're going to probably have one or two buck the system because naturally it's going to happen that way. It's, it's, it's man, I got to go see my, my, my massage therapist. Or, man, this food sucks tonight. What are we ordering? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Right. <laughs> You're not saying the chef's food sucks, but I, I know. It, but if they gotta bring in, you know, we saw what the NBA players were having, and um, I know I I'm covering up a little bit. I know the staff at, at, on the south side is good, but if it's not them, then who's gonna bring food in, and how mundane does that get? And it's routines can bore you a little bit without seeing the finish line, and this one is gonna be interesting. One of the greatest challenges in any professional sports setting, and I'm obviously preaching to the choir here, saying this in your direction, is the assimilation of younger new players. It's one thing when it's a new guy like uh, Joe Hayden or even a Minka, because he's already been a couple of years in an NFL Mm -hmm. setting and everything. When you're bringing in rookies uh, in a normal setting, in Latrobe, the time that you spend with them, the time that team leaders spend with them, the time that Troy would spend with them when he mm-hmm. was around, uh, that was considered challenging by you guys. Now take that and multiply it by about a billion and picture what Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, and these other rookies are going to be experiencing coming into this camp. Seeing guys they've only ever seen in their lives on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. 
And and then the way Zoom is set up, you don't see every face. Like I no. learn people's names by being around them. I gotta see you. Okay, I see you in class. What's your name? That's me. Okay, I, I'm that guy. You tell me your name, I'm probably be like, what's his name again? So, <laughs> but if I'm if I'm around you, I, I learn your name. But what these guys are gonna go through is not normal. That's 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 the the simplest way of saying it is different. And I hope this year from next year, they're going to see what normal looks like and they can adjust. But, it, and then on top of that, so many other different changes being in the city opposed to being on the South side, like that's not normal for the way the Steelers do everything. And, and it's even, we talk about bringing in young guys. Let's talk about bringing in only 80 guys. Yeah. Think, Think about the amount of talent that you're going to miss because those 80, that that 81 through 90, I mean, that 80 through 90 is probably your uh, free agent guys, you know, like the small school guys. Yeah. And me personally, I can only think about a situation that we ended up benefiting from, from one of those guys. He might think, might not think of himself that way, but Isaac Redman was probably 80 through 90. Yes, okay? he was. It, from Bowie, running back. Uh, but he goes on to be red zone Redman and win games for us in Baltimore. And he's a third down back and he's been, he's a stiller alone. You know, you, you're going to lose a wave of guys in this league and there is nowhere else for them to go. And I, I, that's one of my biggest gripes against the NCAA is you tell them, chase your dreams, go get your dream. And you have a situation like this. I know it's very abnormal. But what if those kids have zero uh, work experience and the dream that they're chasing just ended? Well, okay, hang on. Let's take that. Let's take that and ride it then, because I hadn't heard it or really thought of it expressed in that term. But these players, and they are players until they're yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, you know, I better have some other line of work set up here, but. No, they have nowhere to go. Like in basketball, you can go overseas. In hockey, yeah. you can go to the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball, in, same. In, in baseball, you can go over to Japan and, 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 and Korea and so forth. You have nowhere to go in football. You don't have – you can't – people think they just go to the CFL. You can't go to the CFL. The CFL has its own restrictions. They have X, – X percentage has to be Canadian. Yeah. You have nowhere to go. Why is there not either A – a minor league football yeah. situation in the United States, or B, like you said, maybe the NCAA has some kind of forgiveness in this setting. You know it, what I mean? It, yeah, no doubt. It has to change that. And to be true, that's why I was rooting for the XFL. I'm talking about big time. And I know the product has to grow and get a little bit better. And those 80 to, to 90 roster spots where those 10 guys – you know, would have an opportunity at least in the spring or whenever they crank back up. But right now, you got to think, most guys, they tell you your commitment, oh, we love your education. Yeah, okay, but I can only have classes from 8 to 12 o'clock because after 12 o'clock, it's starting meeting time and 3 o'clock is practice time. And then after that, it's, it's study hall for guys, you know, in college, that is. And yes, some of people who will say you're getting an education, but this is a prime example of being able to use guys up and chew them out. And I know that's just sometimes that's just how the dream goes. You lose it sometimes, but uh, things have to be different. And we'll see a group of guys 
uh, we'll see 320 guys at least who just have their dreams ended. Never a chance, never in anything. And they won't play. They literally they won't play. Won't play. Yeah. 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 And I, that I can't. I, I'm I'm picturing in my head here the a map of the United States, and I'm dropping 30 to 32 pins on it and saying, how could you not have minor league football in America? <laughs> no, I'm totally serious. Don't tell me yeah. that it wouldn't work. You just set up with like 10,000, 20,000 20, C stadiums. We have minor league everything in this country, yes. except, except the most popular sport. Football. You know? And don't tell me the NFL would object. I, I, I don't buy that for a second. The NFL embraced having the world league, uh, mm-hmm. When it was when it when it was in operation, there were players yeah, who ended up having. I, I covered a game uh, between the, the Manchester somethings and the a- Amsterdam Admirals in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah for real. I, I'll tell you. Uh, well, yeah, I had an old college bud, <laughs> teammate of mine that played on the Amsterdam team. Gerald Riggs was on that. There team. you go. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those guys graduated and ended up coming over here. There's there's a lot of NFL coaches. The coaching tree that comes from the World League. I think the sport would be a lot better, safer, healthier if you had more people at the professional, underscoring professional, meaning they're yeah. getting paid, uh, honing their, their, their craft Yes, you know, as players and as coaches, mm-hmm. and then work their way up into the ranks. Now, this scenario, Ramon, that we're talking about is make it in the first camp or die. Yeah, it, Pretty much, or wait on your thumbs. Yeah. Like that, that's it for guys. So going back to it being different, it's going to be completely different. Like this, it's going to be uh, Claiborne. What is this, Claiborne? He's going to have a friend of his who he knows is an NFL talent, okay? Same as I did coming out. And my guys, my homeboys got got, got opportunities, and he's going to talk to this, this, this dude who would have been one of those 10 players and we're like, man, you could have made it here, but they can't yeah. see you. They can't you see, know, can't lay eyes on you. You have no chance. You have no chance. And you just wait on that phone call and hope, well, not hope somebody either get the virus or somebody gets hurt. That's the yeah. reality of the business, too, is it'll be interesting, but I hope they get a chance to go back to it next year. Okay.